0: Welcome in to Please Bear With Me. I'm your host, Travis Corley. And whoo, what a win for the Baylor Bears up in Ames, Iowa. Seemed like we got over the hump and got the monkey off our back. That was BYU playing on the road, dominating the game. The final score, 31-24, does not tell the full story this Baylor team was dominant. On today's episode, we're talking Dave Aranda butt slaps. We're talking Dylan Doyle touchdowns. Drake Toll of Locked On Baylor joins the podcast. And why I'm not worried about Oklahoma State this weekend. Please bear with me. baby. Sports. Sports. We like sports and we don't care. Who knows? Boom. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. Mm. Mm. Was that off the dome? Was that off the dome? No. Lonely Island. I, didn't, I, I know didn't know, how, know that, so. how this episode was going to start, but we're, we're already on, on good terms here. Ah, already like on it. good terms. I like it. I, I, and I'm, I'm fired up for this crossover. I'm fired up to talk some Baylor football. How are you feeling? after a great weekend of college football and a great win for the Bears. Yeah,
1: man. I, as much Perry as it feels like there is in college football, I felt like this weekend was pretty chalk ahead of Baylor. I was surprised how few teams ahead of Baylor actually lost. Uh, that was the one disappointing part, but a lot of entertaining games. Kansas is quasi good now. Uh, not bad, at least. And I didn't have a ton of confidence in Baylor going on the road, and they proved me wrong. I'm very happy about that, too.
0: Absolutely. I, I was right there with you. Didn't have too much confidence going into the game certainly thought we could we could pull it off picked us to win the game but confidence wise yeah a little bit lacking and uh man this this game had everything everything we had we had Dylan Doyle touchdowns yeah we had Drake Dabney channeling his inner Petty and Russell jumping over Defenders yeah we had big 12 officiating at its finest we had Matt Campbell blowing up on the sidelines and as the cherry on top we had Dave Aranda slapping butts on the sideline. How awesome was that to see Dave Aranda, Aranda s- fired up?
1: He slapped butts, man. That's the last, like, it wasn't on my bingo card. I don't know who had it on their bingo card, like Dave Aranda <laughs> slapping butts, but they got, like, they're loaded now. Of all the, also, it okay, Travis, I want to take a second. This is a fun aside. The the clip, I slowed it down and watched it in slow motion yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a, a-, a YouTube account that posted a video about how Iowa State got screwed by the refs. Okay. Uh- all along it was just this clickbait thing. I click on it and it's just Dave Aranda slapping butts for That's six fantastic. minutes. Fantastic. And I I've watched it. Aranda slaps the first butt. Coach that he slaps looks the next guy over and kind of points and goes, ah, and then slaps his butt. The guy break he braces for it. Dave turns to another coach, and Dave like motions for him to turn around. And then the yes. guy's like ah and then he slaps that butt. Like context clues. I was almost a law student. I think they have like a butt slapping thing going. Like this is Maybe. something they do regularly and have like a little code for it
0: whenever something good happens. Maybe. I that, that was the best part about it was was the third one because Aranda, he was into it. He was like, Oh yeah, line up. We're we're going through yeah. here. So yeah. This man. was not
1: oh. rogue butt slapping. This no. was premeditated.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely premeditated butt slapping. So man, just awesome to see him just kind of like be himself, you know? Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. really settling in as a head coach and really just comfortable in his own skin and just awesome to see him fired up. And final score, 31-24. You know, the score is going to say that this game was closer than it really was. Um, Absolutely. I think the whole team stepped up. You know, there's not one person that I can point to and say, like, you didn't rise to the challenge. You didn't play well. Like, man, this whole team really stepped up, was really fun to see after that BYU, after that BYU game. And, uh, you know, similar total yards, BU 361, Iowa State 350. But where I think Baylor really kind of dominated this game, rush yards, Baylor 123, which is kind of low for us. But Iowa State only 66 rushing yards. You yeah. look at the time of possession, Baylor 34 and a half minutes, Iowa State 25 and a half. And then you look at the Iowa State penalties that got uh, they got Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell fired up there on the sidelines. Do you think Baylor turned a corner this weekend?
1: I, I do. I would say mostly, and I shameless plug, wrote about this for Inside the Bears this week, that it was the, it, it was a breakthrough on the road. That to me was the biggest part of this whole thing was Baylor broke through in a road game. Granted, it was 11 a.m., but you still had 65,000 screaming Iowa State fans, a hostile environment, even more so because of the officiating. Those fans were getting into it. And the fact that Baylor was able to play through that showed a lot of maturity, and the fact that you mentioned this was the biggest seven-point blowout maybe in Baylor history. This just wasn't a seven-point game. Baylor dominated every facet. There was never a point, Cameron Stewart said it on yesterday's show, never a point where it felt like Baylor was going to lose this game. They were in control from jump. And to do that on the road, where I've been ridiculing this team for weeks now, says so much about how prepared Dave Aranda has his team.
0: Oh, yeah. Very good to see. Awesome to see that. And came out aggressive. Aggressive on the first drive two fourth down conversions and I saw this via Deontay Epps on Twitter. Baylor's eight and0 under Dave Aranda when scoring a touchdown on the opening drive. that is that's that's kind of wild to me. um eight 0 eight no score on the first drive eight 0 baby. eight 0 So be interesting to see if that if that trend continues. I, we'll, we're definitely gonna keep being aggressive and yeah, uh, you yeah. know a, a few penalties there from Iowa State on on the uh, on the first drive helped us out for sure. But uh, you know, hey, you gotta capitalize uh, when you can. And Jeff Grimes, Jeff Grimes is a wizard. He is a wizard. I mean, the Sims touchdown call there in the red zone, the Doyle yeah. touchdown, the flea flicker. Is there a limit to the tricks that he has in his bag?
1: Oh yeah, first conference play, first game in conference play. So you know, there's more. There's a oh, lot yeah. more in there. I why it's why I'm confident if Baylor needs like a two-point conversion down the stretch, there's going to be a play for that. There's going to be something that the defense doesn't see coming. People that were on the fire Jeff Grimes train, I will never understand that. It's every offensive coordinator. It's the most... Maybe the most hostile job, it's so random, too. In football <laughs> is the OC. Because any given week, the team doesn't score. It's never that the opposing defense was good. It's always, I've played Madden. I could have called better plays than that. You you would call four verts every play. You, you, like That's what people just think. Like, oh, call four verts. It's going to work. The Fire Jeff Grimes train was a very small train that it crashed it, uh, into e- itself. So
0: I am... I love Jeff Gr- Do You like Jeff Gray? I love. Absolutely, Jeff. absolutely. Like that, I, I didn't see people say like, "Hey, we should get rid of him." But that is that is wild. That is ridiculous. And uh, I never got on that train. I and I never will be on that train.
1: Never, I never really left never, the station. It was a bad. No. It was a sad train.
0: Oh man, that is a sad train. And you know, there was another train that some people were hopping on, um, and it's in regards to Blake Shapen. Mm-hmm. And Blake Shapen came out. And he balled out, all right? He balled out, 19 of 26, Yeah. 238 yards, three touchdowns. And when he has time, he's ha- hashtag good when he has time. That's what the kids and, are
1: saying.
0: Yeah, he can throw on the move. I-, I-, I think he can do it all. Extremely accurate. You know, ha- had a couple of good keepers. Obviously, you know, few moments there where he holds on to the ball a little bit too long. Yeah. But there were whispers, Drake. There were whispers that maybe letting go of Gary Bohannon was the wrong decision. I think, I think Shapen put that to bed. What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't, you know, I'm going to push back a little bit and say Fair. Okay. even after one game, I don't know if I would go as far as to say I have complete full confidence in Shapen. I'm sure I probably said that in an emotional rant on this show too, but I I am a lot more confident now than I was a week ago. Texas State, I felt like was almost worse than BYU, uh, especially the first half. Just lo- he looked lost against a team that's not very good. And then something happened in the second half where he found it. He found it. That last play, of the first half into the second half, and this week picked right back up where he left off. I thought here's 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 how I'll put Blake Shapen this weekend. Even tossing Gary Bohannon out of it, Blake Shapen was a grown man quarterback this week. Mm. He picked up the kahunas and said let's drive the field let's go for on fourth down and pick it up i'll i'll go out and make a play that i unexpected he did that one little twirl around thing that was wild blake shapen showed a lot of maturity and he grew up as a quarterback this week that's a big point of emphasis for me if shapen looked older in the best yeah. way did you do you feel like that that leaf has turned that this is kind
0: of a, a turning point for shapen I do. I think that this game was a huge confidence booster. And I think I've been one that, yes, has Shapen started the first three games of the season at best average? Yes. But I think that was also in part to not having time in the pocket and also having inexperience at wide receiver. I mean, we came into this year with, I think, the total receptions of the receiving crew being like under 10. In it's big bad. 12 games, like almost zero experience. So I think that he finally had time to throw and he, he finally got some help from his receivers. Ben Sims being back in the lineup was huge. I mean, yeah. how crucial is Ben Sims to this offense? Like, he is that safety blanket. And when you get into that red zone, 20, 15 yards out from the goal line, we said it. Jeff Grimes is a wizard and, um, He's going to wave his wand and call a beautiful play, usually for Ben Sims. So it's there?
1: like sometimes he's omnipresent on the football field because Shapin checks down the first receiver, Monterey Baldwin, checks down Hal Presley. There's Ben Sims, Mr. Reliable, middle of the field, I was I was upset the first three games. They didn't throw to him more often. He should be target number one. He is your Travis Kelsey, your George Kittle. He's a six-foot-six target that you need to go to on all downs, not just third or fourth down.
0: Absolutely. Thought he was going to come into this year as, as the leading receiver in yards and in touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I think that's still doable. And, yeah, I think the offense needs to lean on him. He's obviously the most proven receiver in that group. Uh, it was nice to have Baldwin back, although he didn't make uh, a huge impact in the game. But, man, had some receivers step up. Yeah. Gavin Holmes, how Presley finally saw an outside shot, a one-on-one, for him to go up and make a play, and he finally does it. That's what this offense has just sorely needed. It was so good to see. And, you know, last last kind of point I'll make on the offense here is 123 rushing yards. Seems low. Yeah. But I really felt like we ran the ball well. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, I just felt yeah. like we really ran the ball well. Well, I'm
1: looking at Richard Reese, and he was just a hoss. That that touchdown carry of 19 yards, just mm. refusing to go down, was huge. And 78 yards in total on those 21 carries. This is a good Iowa State defense. I was there. looking at Iowa State statistics over the course of the year, and they have just been stout against every team they played. Granted, they haven't seen any good offenses this year, so do take that into account. But even still, Iowa State – has a formidable defense, not just in the Big 12, but nationally. They're ranked the top 10 coming into this game, and I think they'll show it again against Kansas this week in a game that they likely win on the road. So, I, I still have so much confidence in this Iowa State defense, and that's why I have confidence in the Baylor running game, because 78 yards from your true freshman running back in the teeth of a of a, a team on the road with a good defense. And, Travis, how about this? Guy's a true freshman. Did he, he wasn't a name we really talked about preseason. This at is all? a guy that probably he's going to bet on himself, but did he expect to be the starting running back at this point in the juncture at Iowa State? Probably not. And he went out there. He said, hey, Blake, good job picking up your kahunas. Mind if I do it too? Picking up his own kahunas, by the way, not Blake's kahunas. <laughs> and ran the ball for 78 yards. I, I am wholly impressed with Richard Reese. He
0: he's definitely does not run like a true freshman at all. And I I love Tay McWilliams.
1: No, I'm going to push back on that. He does run like a true freshman in this way. Reckless abandonment reckless abandonment when he gets the football you watch a lot he it's very much a refuse to go down you see a lot of senior running backs or guys expect to get drafted they're a little more once they get their six or their seven yards they're a little more used to hey i'm gonna get down before i get hurt i don't want to take a big hit in the secondary or linebacker coming across and nail me so those guys are a little more apt to all right i've got my six my seven i'm good to go this guy richard reese is like "Uh uh-uh I'm just going to keep moving the pile. I'm just going to keep pushing. I will run as hard into you, kind of like Abram Smith. Again, yeah. it's this, when you have a green running back, someone who's not even, maybe new to the position or new in their role with the team, a la Abram Smith or Sharice, they run with a lot more reckless abandonment. And you see that on the field. He runs like he just doesn't care. He wants to get yards, score points. And I love that part. But you're right in what you were trying to say. He doesn't run like a freshman.
0: Yeah. Um, but like, Tay McWilliams, Tay McWilliams, as, as much as I love the guy, as much as I wanted to see him, you know, carry this offense from the running back position, him being hurt may have uh, really, really paved the way for Richard Reese now to, mm. to uh, lead the backfield in carries for the rest of the year. It, it is going to be hard to not give Richard Reese 20 carries a game. It really yeah. is.
1: That And you saw it against BYU. Richard Reese didn't carry the ball very many times. It was after that first game against Albany, you thought Richard Reese could be a a legitimate contender for this running back spot. And then against Albany, you thought, or against BYU, you thought, ah, they didn't give the ball to him as many times as I really thought they would. It was Squirrel and Quaylen mostly. Then against Texas State, you you had to. You had to give him the ball. That's what's even cooler about Richard Reese. He didn't win the job preseason or week one or week two. It took to week three where the guy just didn't give up. So... Tay McWilliams being hurt, certainly not good. And when he's back, you've got a two, three, four, five-headed monster at running back that's still going to be deadly. But yeah, the 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 surgeons, not even a resurgence. It's just the surgeons
0: of Richard <laughs> is is something that I never could have expected. Absolutely. And last thing here I'll say on the offense, no turnovers. That yeah. always helps. That always yeah. helps. Uh Let's talk about this defense now. Mm. And man, I I really think this this was their first like mm, performance of the year. Yeah. And you know we talked about Jeff Grimes be, being a wizard. Yeah. Um, if that's true, then Ron Roberts is sorcerer supreme because mm. I thought he was going to come into this game and get freaky, and that's what he did. He he got jiggy with it, especially in that second half. Brought yeah. the pressure, four sacks. I think that was the most sacks we had on the year. Eight tackles for loss and two interceptions, um, man. And the rush defense, rush yeah. defense, Iowa state, 66 rushing yards, 2.4 yards per carry. I mean, how is anyone going to run against Baylor?
1: How? So we've, we've talked about how the running game was not for Baylor. The numbers weren't as gaudy as they should be that on the offensive side. I told you also Richard Reese had almost 80 yards rushing that is the same number, 79 and a half. Of rushing yards that Baylor's defense has allowed this season uh, per game, they allow 79 and a half yards per game. That's insanely good, no matter who you're playing, especially these garbage time games like Texas State or Albany, where your starters have left the game by the fourth quarter. That's usually when those numbers can skew. For comparison, Oklahoma State, who's supposed to have maybe the best defense in the Big 12 this year, they are allowing right now 111 rush yards per game to Arizona State, Central Michigan, and University of Arkansas Pine to Bluff. So, right, so this is a, a really good defense at Oklahoma State. I still think they're solid, and Baylor's boat racing them when it comes to the the stopping the run game. And against Iowa State, the Cyclones basically had to give up. You've got to put the ball in Hunter Decker's hands. Why did he have two interceptions? Well, a large part of that is because they couldn't run the football. They had to force him to throw it more than they probably wanted to, and that's a huge testament to Baylor, not just their defensive line, but I thought the linebackers played supremely well this week.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it just goes back to, like, there's no one I can point to on this team that I was like, nah, you, you didn't rise to the challenge. You right. weren't ready to play. I mean, this was this was an absolute team win, an absolute team defense. Um showing up, showing yeah. up, man. It, it went we've got to talk, we've got to talk about this Gyrel Brock fumble into the mm. end zone. Like mm. I they must have had a different view than the rest of America because I it is besides me how this gets overturned. Snacks, yeah. Snacks goes up there and takes Jirel Brock's gummy worms, and somehow he's he's able to caress it back into his loving arms and keep those thick thighs in bounds. I don't see it. Not sure how that got overturned.
1: No, lovingly, um, I will say this to everyone. I t- I teared up a little bit. Every now and I don't know if I was just like, I didn't get a lot of sleep Friday night. Uh, high school football, man. Keeps you up. I When that play, Snacks Johnson chasing the guy down and punching it out, that's just, it's not your play to make. And 99.7% of players just let the guy have his free touchdown. He's streaking free. And Jairo Brock's really slow, by the way. Um, it would just, I watched that play back over. And he's just like slow motion. And Snacks took advantage of that. Baylor's, Baylor's defense is so fast. What a football play. For the officiating crew to give him that and be like, Ah, just kidding. Without any, any significant, sturdy evidence. There was no way to overturn that. There were two touchdowns Iowa State had. At least one of them wasn't a touchdown. At least one. Pick one, by the way. And all their fans want to talk about the officiating. We spotted, we. The referee spotted you 14 points.
0: It seems that way. It seems that way. You know, looking back on it, the, the first one, I think was a touchdown to be fair. I yeah. think the first one was a touchdown, but what, what frustrated me was that there was no review. I mean, we're we're not, we're going to review these random, like it's second and 10 and you get four yards, but we're going to review if it was five yards, like, yeah. but we're not going to review a touchdown is frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, an amazing play by snacks, an amazing play, the the best nickname on the team and makes an amazing play and well, uh, you know, doesn't turn out for us. And that's a huge reason why, the uh, the score was um, so close, so close, and the pass defense man finally came through. Finally yeah. came through with two interceptions. The, you know that's been the the kind of the weakness of the defense. If you if you wanted to to point out a weakness, and coming into this game, going against uh, the best wide receiver up until this point in the year in the Big Twelve with Xavier Hutchinson, and held him to 84 yards. And yes, yeah. I say held him to 84 yards because he's been averaging over 100 per game. Mm. And so to hold him to 84 yards total for the game and really in the second half, when that defense finally like just really clamped down and dominated um, because without that, that touchdown from gyro Brock, we only give up three points in the second half and only gave up 27 yards receiving to Hutchinson in that second half. But that pass defense, man, I, they're, they're, they're starting to, to come on. And that pass rush always helps out. Always helps out.
1: Iowa State had to respect it because they kept throwing screen passes to Xavier Hutchinson. He would catch a screen pass or he'd catch a a little three-yard out or a three-yard drag. And I kept thinking, well, the the guy's going to have seven, eight receptions by the end of the show, but it's not going to tell the whole story because really, he... He's not doing not doing that much with they're not throwing the ball downfield to him. They're just getting it to him with without much space, even because Baylor was wrapping up the screenplay so well. Mm-hmm. He had in total, you're talking about the 84 yards, uh 28 of those come on one play. And you're yeah. staring down the barrel of, you know, a third of your yards coming on one single play. Then I think that's really telling that. Baylor pretty much shut him down. They just tried to go in the short yardage and it didn't work out. So he never burned Baylor for a big, for a big play. I think that was huge because in my opinion, to this point, he's the best wide receiver in the big 12. His numbers are gaudy and he looks really solid on the field. And Baylor said, look, we'll, we'll lock you up, catch the ball in the backfield. We don't give a crap. We'll just tackle you there.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that is a very good offensive strategy against the speed and the tackling ability of Baylor. Um, I just think screen passes against this Baylor defense are uh, not a good no, way to they're go. They're too
1: fast. Baylor's too you know, fast.
0: Too fast. Too fast. And I just really liked what I saw from the entire defense, but really from that defensive backfield. Still um, very young in the defensive back backfield as well. And I think having Christian Morgan back mm-hmm. in the lineup, just having that veteran presence, even though he may not have played the most snaps, uh, he ended up getting an interception. Yeah. And I just think his presence is uh, is calming to the rest of that defensive backfield, a lot like Doyle Doyle's presence in the middle is just calming for for the entire defense.
1: Yeah, that has has been such a huge point for Baylor uh, defensively. To me, is senior leadership or the old guys stepping up. Matt Jones being another big one that I'm looking at and saying, "Wow, you know, he to my to my uh, it's a heavy statement." But to my eyes, he's been the best defensive player on the team right now. Matt Jones mm. is just – it feels like he's everywhere for that linebacker mm. spot, especially with Doyle going out with the suspension for a half game and getting pulled from the BYU game. Matt Jones just stepped up and has been really solid defensively. So you mentioned it, you get one of your senior leaders back this week, and it's huge with the secondary, too, that people had a lot of question marks for in the preseason. And oddly enough, we have not yet had a talk through four weeks about the secondary being awful. They just – at no point have they really – cracked uh, consistently in a game. And I felt like they did that multiple times last season, even in big wins, the Texas Mm -hmm. game at home, notably a awful game for the secondary and Al Walcott got a sack on Saturday. I mean, guys (laughs) just fly into the football. And again, says a lot about your secondary stepping up. Uh, The fact that opposing quarterbacks, opposing offensive coordinators have to respect a Baylor secondary that a lot of Baylor fans thought would be the weak spot.
0: Absolutely. And I'll, 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 I'll back you up with what you said about Matt Jones because I think that was the question about this linebacker group coming into the year is where does Matt Jones fall? And then the rest of the dominoes will will fall into place. And it's really just exciting for me to see him playing that well. Yeah. Um so versatile. So versatile. Yeah. And, and and to come in there and uh and to kind of have to take the place of of Terrell Bernard. Um, um doing an outstanding job. Outstanding job.
1: Yeah, big physical guy, huge, super physical, and that's what that's what you got to have in this defense for Dave Aranda replacing Terrell Bernard, and you got Al Walcott, who I think has played well, stepped up this week is too, who's replacing Jalen Petrie that's now making his own waves in the NFL.
0: Oh man, yeah, Petrie's game on Sunday. Did you see oh, that stat line? Ridiculous, wild. Wild. ridiculous. Oh man. Well, that's that's kind of all I wanted to cover on the game, um, but overall. Man, we we beat a good team. Yeah, we beat a good team, and I am glad that we played Iowa State early in the year. I'm mm. glad we got him when we did. I'm glad we got him at uh, 11 a.m. Yeah, and I think Baylor turned a corner this weekend. Playmakers are starting to emerge. The identity of the team is starting to emerge. This is a big confidence booster heading into the rest of this year. And Baylor's last two 10 win seasons were catapulted Mm. by a win over Iowa State in the fourth game of the season. yeah, And that is just what happened for your Baylor Bears. So absolutely got to feel good about this team moving forward. And, uh, man, this game, I think it's going to catapult us um, into that Big 12 championship game. I really do.
1: Each one score games, by the way, all close games too against Iowa State, and they got it. They got it done on the road this time, which was even different. So bodes well looking moving forward, at least.
0: It is time for the oh so good player of the game, and originally, you know, I was going between Bryson Jackson and Gavin Holmes. Um, Gavin Holmes came out 92 yards, one touchdown. Stepped up at the wide receiver position where we needed it the most. And Bryson Jackson, his best game as a Baylor Bear in my opinion. Four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and one QB hurry. And you know what? Certainly they they deserve the award. But man, when I went back and watched this game, There was one player that I was really, really worried about coming into this game, and they had a monster, monster game, and for the first time, and please bear with me history, the oh-so-good player of the game is going to an offensive lineman in Gavin Byers. Please, please go rewatch this game, watch Gavin Byers on every single snap. This guy played like an animal, and on Richard Reese's long touchdown run, it was on the right side, and a big part of that was because of Gavin Byers, your oh-so-good player of the game. I think to have that kind of BYU monkey off your back, if you Mm -hmm. will, um, is also a huge step, a huge step. And going into this game, I felt like Baylor has faced the most adversity of any other team in the big 12. Um, They played in the um, most intense environment, I would say at BYU of any big 12 team. And they had to face that adversity and no other team in the big 12 really has done that uh, up until this point. You also
1: lose your starting running back and your best wide receiver.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So Iowa State, up until that point, hadn't really faced much adversity, hadn't really played anyone significantly as good as Baylor had played. And so I think that played into this game. And moving forward into Oklahoma State, kind of the same situation for those guys. They really have not played anyone. They haven't really – Whoa,
1: Travis. Who? Who? They allowed 44 points to Central Michigan. (laughs) That's a loaded Chippewas team. (laughs) Don't discount
0: them. (laughs) Apologies. Apologies for offending. Apologies. Um, Yeah, I mean, they just – I don't think they have faced much adversity. They certainly have not faced a team like Baylor up until this point. And I think them having the bye week this early in the year is not good. To have two weeks off of football and now you have to go to Waco and open – big 12 play against the defending big 12 champions i mean it does not bode well for oklahoma state honestly for me and i don't know why but i am like not very worried about this game like Mm. should i be worried like why am i not worried um i was way more worried about iowa state in this game i'm like i'm just not i don't know why
1: I'm not going to go back and forth. The last week I went back and forth between Iowa State and Baylor, who was going to win this week. I won't this week. I am pretty confident in Baylor and ESPN has Baylor at a 65% chance to win, which is wild for a team playing another team, 10 spots better in the AP poll, Um, seven spots. They also Vegas has Baylor favored by a field goal. I think that says, that says a lot against a top 10 team. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Spencer Sanders. He hasn't shown me anything good. Maybe Oklahoma state wins this game. And if they do, Baylor's not a bad team still, but I I think, I think Baylor wins this game. I think Blake Chapin, he carved up Oklahoma state's defense last year. And it was a better Oklahoma state defense than it is this season. So yes. I, not that I'm not that I'm not, not worried. There is still parts of this game that I'm like, Oh, well, if Baylor's going to lose, they certainly can, and here's how. But uh, I am I like Baylor's shot.
0: I, I do, too. I just, they just feel less dynamic at wide receiver and running back. They've lost Malcolm Rodriguez, who is a monster at middle linebacker for them last yeah. year, and is starting in the NFL as a rookie for the Detroit Lions, and they also lost their defensive coordinator. So – I feel like this team is just – we already know what this team is, especially with Spencer Sanders under center. We know who he is, and maybe that's just why I'm not I'm not super worried. Um, do you think that Aranda is talking at all about the Big 12 championship game last year? Does that come up at all this week at all?
1: 100%. 100%. It comes yeah. up as a don't. No one say a single word. I don't give a crap. It doesn't matter. Or the only other way it would come up is these guys will be fired up because of what happened last season. Dave may even be as vague as that. Just say these guys will be fired up because this is bulletin board material for Oklahoma State. They want to win this game more than you want to win this game and that's mm-hmm. a wake-up call in itself so that and that could bode well for for oklahoma state although a lot of teams with that kind of emotion you come in too emotional the other team strikes quick strikes first and they win the ball game so yeah i i think it does it's got to be addressed at some point somewhere but not as a meaty it, it's not going to mean too much to this squad at all
0: yeah and i and i almost think it's opposite for oklahoma state like yeah. I'm thinking Gundy is going to mention that. Mm, like right, I right. think that is going to be talked about in the Oklahoma State locker room because like hey, they were literally inches yeah. away from the college football playoff. Literally inches. Shout out Jeremy McVeigh. Yeah. But man, they're going to be fired up for this game. I think that's something they talk about throughout the week knowing uh knowing coach Gundy and what is what is the matchup to watch for here? What do you think?
1: I am going who which quarterback steps up bigger? Last year, Spencer Sanders got embarrassed. Embarrassed by Baylor in both games. Yeah, bad. Four interceptions in the Big Twelve Championship. Four. That's more than I threw in my intramural season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a. Uh... That's a lot. God, of Wild. I'm not wild. good. By the way, he's <laughs> a starter, Division One. So it's it's a matchup of two guys that will never be on the same on the field at the same time. I really do. Which quarterback plays better? Sanders is a senior. He's old. He's older than a senior. He is old. Shapen is not. Which guy steps up? Has the bigger arm? Makes the bigger play when it's needed.
0: Yeah. I I think I'm right there with you. I agree with you. I think it's 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 whatever quarterback plays better. And hey if Baylor comes out here and scores on the first possession like no baby nine and oh, no oh. book it all right book it but I mean it, it is that what you would say is a key to the game is just to shapen play better than Spencer Sanders or you know what what do you think <sighs> the the biggest key to the game here for the Bears yeah
1: uh, if if she, there is a realm in which Shapen plays worse than Spencer Sanders and Baylor still wins um you know <sighs> I don't want to say that it all hinges on that matchup necessarily. So I do. I I want to backtrack a bit on that. I would say instead key number one is to start fast. If Oklahoma state comes in super charged up and they get up 14, nothing, I don't want to say you're buried, but it doesn't look good. And especially the offense where it has still been shaky. We want to see it be more consistent this week. And then I, I, my key is the opposite. You you Baylor, if you get up 14, nothing, I think that's the game. I really do. I think a two-touchdown lead at any point for Baylor is the game in this one. That's my key. Don't get down by two. Get up by two scores.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, and, hey, going in this game, no Khalil Keith, no yeah. Tay McWilliams. Grant Miller is expected to be back. Um, you know, I was worried about Gavin Byers at right tackle. mm. He had a hell of a game. Stepped up, hell, hasn't he? A, stepped a big up. big-time step up. Like, man, I was so worried about the right side of that line. Yeah. And Richard Reese's uh, long touchdown run, right side of the offensive line.
1: Block them and, all, baby.
0: Yeah. And if you guys watch uh, the recap, you rewatch games. You, if you follow Travis Roeder on Twitter, he does the game mm-hmm. recaps. Like, watch Gavin Byers every single one of those plays. And he, he plays excellent absolutely excellent so not as concerned about the offensive line there i think think they've turned a corner as well and man i think this is just going to be a classic dave aranda baylor football team show up be more physical than you have more rush yards than you you're not going to run on us and we're going to do our thing at home and we're going to beat oklahoma state so i like it travis lock it in lock it in lock it in it's time for a segment we like to call Oh So or Oh No. Last thing here, last thing here. We like to do a little segment we call Oh So or Oh No. Ooh. And if you, if you are not familiar with Oh So or Oh No, here's how it works. I'm going to say a statement. If you agree with the statement, you're going to say Oh So. If you disagree with the statement, you're going to say, oh, no. We ready? Let's rock. All right. 90% of McLean will be gold on Saturday. I say, oh, so fans show up big time. That thing's golded out.
1: Oh, no. (sighs) Yeah. Oklahoma State fans travel well, and it's close. It's a close proximity. Uh, So I think Oklahoma State fans give a good contingent. I'm going, oh, no, not for lack of Baylor fans, for surplus of OSU fans.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. The McPlay is shown three or more times on the video board. I say, oh, so. Oh, I'm going, oh, no,
1: again. No! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Dave Aranda makes specifically sure it is not played more than like once they're going to talk oh, into dude. at least being a played once, but not more, no fuel for Oklahoma state.
0: Oh, oh no, dude. I am like, I'm like hoping like literally every third down, we just like really show awesome. them a play and just everyone goes nuts. Like every chance we get, like, I want them to show if up. If Lane Kiffin
1: was our head coach, every play <laughs> that would be on the video board.
0: All right. So you are, right. I've, now that you say what you said, I, I'm kind of leaning towards towards oh no, but I'm sticking with Oso. I'm sticking with right. uh, Sanders throws two interceptions. Oso or oh no? Oso. Pew 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 pew, pew. That's the easiest Oso, Oso ever. <laughs> Oso for me as well. Uh, Oklahoma State, 100 rushing yards. Oso. Oso
1: because because they're gonna have to run the ball. I just don't. They're going to have to run the ball with Spencer Sanders too. What do you say? Disagree.
0: Oh no. Oh, no. Oh no. Hmm. Disagree. Run defense is stout. Real stout at home. Oh no. And that's and that's what makes Sanders throw the two interceptions cuz he's going to have hmm. to throw. It. They're not going to be able to run against. That's us.
1: the toughest one so far. That's a good one. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Squirrel Williams. Over 50 yards rushing.
1: <sighs> oh so. Oh so.
0: I say oh so as well. We, we've we been riding the Richard Reese train, waiting for that squirrel breakout game. I think mm-hmm. this is it. I think I like this it. is it. I like it. Shapen, four total touchdowns, passing or throwing. I'm going oh no. I'm oh,
1: going oh no. oh no. I think three's good here. I like three for Shapen. Four
0: seems a little hefty.
1: I just don't know if Baylor's going to score. I think Baylor probably scores in the 28 to 31 range, and Shapen probably doesn't have all four if they score four.
0: I am right there with you. Dylan yeah. Doyle scores a touchdown. I say, oh no, not two weeks in a row. I'm going oh yes, so. I'm going oh so.
1: There's something about it, When especially playing big physical teams. They will try to get Doyle the ball at the one yard. If you're the one yard line, they'll go to Doyle again up the gut and just punch it in. It's just it's weird. It. It's weird. It's going to be in the end zone too. That's facing the crowd of the horseshoe. Always it's is. It's I gotta be. I, I, I feel it. It's
0: always that one. All right, last one here. Baylor wins
1: oh so
0: oh so oh so and you know what that's how we're gonna shut it down Ah, Drake Toll Travis Corley the uh the combination of the year
1: impeccable honestly I'm gonna have to switch you and Scotty on Fridays or at least have you both
0: hey let's (laughs) let's do it (laughs) Let's do that, man. Let's do he's that.
1: Gonna, he's going to text me immediately. Scotty, I was I'm kidding. Sorry. It's a joke. It's the best segment of the week. Don't <laughs> tell Cam that. Uh, yeah. Uh, as for us, come back tomorrow. John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated joins the show. Sports Illustrated. Uh, Travis, impeccable stuff.
0: Thanks, man. You too. That was fun. I was fired up. Glad to finally meet you. Um, mm. Man, I'm fired up for the game this weekend. Let's gold out. And uh, this is Drake told and Travis Corley, saying stay safe. And sick and bears. And now the bare necessities. Their necessities versus Oklahoma State. Number one, start fast. We talked about it earlier. Baylor is 8-0. That's right, undefeated when starting the game with a touchdown drive. And not only that, but our run defense is stout. And I don't think Oklahoma State is going to be able to run the ball like they did against us last year. And if we can do that, start fast, stop the run, make Spencer Sanders throw the ball, he is bound to give it up to us again. And secondly, kind of with that statement, make Oklahoma State earn it. We can't let them get chunk plays because I think that is the one way that they're going to put points up against us. If we make them earn it, make them go down the field slow and methodically, they are going to turn it over and they are not going to be able to score. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. All right, so, you know, what for whatever reason, I am just not worried about this game, and maybe I should be. Maybe I should be more worried, but I'm really not. I think we know what the Oklahoma State team is. I don't think they're better than they were last year. We're playing them at home. I think their emotions for this game are going to be much higher than what our emotions will be. And you know what? We faced a BYU team that had this game circled on their calendar, and I can assure you that Oklahoma State has this game circled on their calendars. And you know what? We've already been through that. We have grown from the BYU game, and I'm not worried. I think we do start fast, and I think Oklahoma State has, has a hard time gaining yards against this defense, especially in the run game. And look, I I think Baylor's going to end up in the high 20s, low 30s. So I'm going to say Baylor wins 31 to 21. All right, big 12 picks for week five. Last week, three and three. 500 not bad but uh yeah a little bit disappointed had BU plus two and a half points we won out right so one there I had TCU minus one at SMU that game ended 42-34 so I was right there with TCU and the number 22 UT at Texas Tech Tech coming away with a uh, a nice win for them UT minus six and a half, and I chose Tech. Uh, where I was wrong, though, West Virginia at Virginia Tech. I had Virginia Tech plus two and a half points. They l- they lost 33 to 10. Duke at Kansas. Man, I was rolling with Kansas through the first three weeks, and then uh, they just missed the cut. They were minus nine, and they won by eight. 35-27 to KU. And rank Kansas. Rank Kansas, you cowards. Last game I missed though K-State at OU I had, I had chose OU minus 13 points and they lost outright. Um Hey man, K-State. Here they come. Here they come. So 3 and 3 there and moving forward to this week starting with number 9 Oklahoma State at number 16 Baylor. Baylor, minus 2.5 points. I said we're going to win by 10, so give me Baylor. Number 18, OU at TCU. I think OU bounces back. They are minus 6.5 points. I think they'll win by a touchdown, an extra point or more. Texas Tech visiting Kansas State. I think Kansas State finally has it rolling. Tech has a letdown after a uh, an emotional win against UT. Kansas State minus 8 points. Yeah, I've got Kansas State winning by more than eight Iowa State visits Kansas and man I'm excited to see this game I think Iowa State bounces back though and gives Kansas their first loss and I think it's more than three and a half points Iowa State minus three and a half so to give me Iowa State and finally West Virginia at UT and UT favored by nine and a half points that is a lot of points and um, I think West Virginia has woken a little bit so I'm going to take West Virginia Plus the nine and a half points. Thanks for bearing with me this week. And thank you to Drake Toll for bearing with me this week. If you haven't already started listening to Locked On Baylor, it's one you've got to have in your Baylor podcast rotation. Drake always has a lot of energy, always a lot of fun. Hope to have him back again soon. It is a gold out. McLean Stadium and we need you there wearing gold I don't care if you don't like it I don't care if you don't have anything gold go and find something anything it looks awesome on TV and we need the support we always need the support man go support your Bears wear gold go to McLean Stadium 2:30 game and let's get McLean Stadium rocking and let's beat the pokes This is Travis Corley saying, stay safe and sick of bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley, in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.